Real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What is up, everybody? Episode 90 of the Will Wonder Pod. Episode 90 is brought to you by my good friends over at Pharaoh's Design. As you all have seen in the past, the Will Wonder Pod shirts, I often get asked, where did you get those done? The upcoming hoodies that are on pre-sale right now, $45 until midnight when this episode drops, Wednesday the 7th of September. If you wore one of my shirts or you've seen them out there in the wild, you understand the quality that Pharaoh's puts out. Great quality t-shirts, great, great quality printing. So if you are looking for shirts, hoodies, sweaters, hats, any printing at all, make sure you hit them up via email at info at pharaohsutah.com. That's P-H-A-R-O-S utah.com. Uh, they can also help with any design work that you may need. So... Tell them that Will Wonder sent you. I don't think you're going to get a discount, but hey, it looks good for me. It looks good for you. You'll get taken care of from my guy Joe over there. Excited about these hoodies again. Until midnight, the 7th of September, we're doing the pre-sale. $45 per hoodie. After that, it's going to go up to $55. Obviously, I'm going to order extras to be able to sell, but the pre-sale price is only one more day, essentially, when this comes out. All right, what is, uh, what's everyone been up to? Well, Labor Day weekend was long. It was very nice. I took an extra day off of work as well, because why not? Um, my wife, I want to shout out her. She's been training for this uh, sprint triathlon, and she did it on Labor Day morning. So woke up at like 5.30, uh, drove about a half hour from where we live into a place called Davis County, South Davis Recreational Center. Did the sprint triathlon, so that's a swim. Uh, I don't remember how long the swim is. That's my bad. Uh, about a 12-mile, a little over 12-mile bike ride, and then a 5K run, essentially. So shout-out to her. She trained real hard for it. She did it. I'm very proud of her. Not only doing that, uh, but just being, you know, the cornerstone of this family and holding me down, being a great mom to my to my little man, but also working uh, and then training for this triathlon. And we've, we've decided as a team that um, we're going to do the triathlon in May. So once January hits, it's all seriousness. I'm going to be running a lot. I'm going to be biking a lot. And uh, I'm excited for that. We both did one years ago, years ago, 2015, I believe it was. Uh, but it'll be exciting to do it again with her. Uh, what else has been going on? I already mentioned the hoodies. Um, Utah Jazz made a trade. Hey, I can talk about it real quick. Donovan Mitchell was traded. Uh, obviously, we did a Jazz Nation podcast on this, on the Mitchell trade. So if you want the full, extended, long, in-depth thoughts, make sure you listen to the newest episode of the Jazz Nation podcast. But all I'll say here, in short, acquiring Mitchell for Cleveland to me, puts them top four in the East, possibly three. On top of that, I don't know what those picks will be worth for the Jazz in the future because Cleveland's young core is great. Mitchell's the oldest guy 
for that talented young core. So they're going to be good for a long time. You know, those picks might be like 22 and above. I mean, time will tell. Obviously, there's injuries, falling outs, different weird things. But as the roster is set right now, I think Cleveland's going to be really, really good. And unfortunately, Utah isn't going to be great. They have a lot of talented, like mid-level players, like those guys that are great role players on great teams. But I don't know if they're going to be any good for, <laughs> uh, for years to come. Ogbaji, though, great grab for them in that trade. Very talented uh, rookie coming out of Kansas. Great three-point shooter. Really like him. Laurie Markkinen, you know, is a fine um, uh, professional. Colin Sexton's really the question mark. He's going he's gonna to be scoring a lot of points. And everything that I had heard about him in the past is that or read, not heard, like I'm talking to players, but everything that I had read is that a lot of players had a hard time playing with him. So be that as it may, he is the starting point guard for uh, the Utah Jazz coming up. All right, I said I wasn't going to spend too much time on that. What else? Uh, I had the privilege of going on the What the Hell Are We Doing podcast. We recorded that last week. Uh, so shout out to Danielle, shout out to the young OGs, Alonzo, Miguel, uh, who were all there recording. That episode will probably come out in the coming weeks, so I'll make sure to, to keep you updated on that when it actually does come out. I'm excited for people to see it because it's a lot of stuff that I generally don't talk about on this podcast, um, the topics that we covered. So again, stay tuned for that. All right. Obviously, we have the NFL week one coming up. Now, we spent a lot of time last week with Hoop and Chacon. And I know everyone loved it. I got a lot of great feedback. This week, um, I have an interview coming up. So I pulled Hoop, Hoop and Chacon and said, hey, can you guys send me your picks for this week? Um, and I can give those out on the podcast. Then we can get back to regular business next week. So they did. They also sent me some, I mean, quote unquote, locks for your bets. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, if you all want to report back. And if Chacon and or Hoop owe you money, make sure you reach out to them. I will give their socials and even personal uh, contact information if you would like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, so here we go. First game, kickoff, Thursday night. We get Rams and Bills. Buffalo going into Los Angeles. I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. With that said, two out of the three of us picked the Rams. Um the one who didn't pick the Rams, that would have been Hoop. So if you if you'd lean more towards what Hoop says, maybe you roll with the Bills. If you're more like me and Chacon, you stick with the Rams. Uh, these next couple of games, we have a lot of uh, picks that we all agreed on, so I'm just going to roll through them. Saints at Falcons, we all picked the Saints. You then have the Browns going to visit the Panthers. We all picked the Panthers. Baker Mayfield will probably show out in that game. We have the 49ers visiting the Bears. We all picked the 49ers. Uh, and I think I said we all picked the Panthers in that last game. No edits here, people. Just going to roll roll off of it. So Panthers, 49ers. Uh, next up, we get the Cincinnati Bengals facing the Steelers in Cincinnati. We all picked the Bengals. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles go to Detroit to play the Lions. We all picked the Eagles. We have the Colts going to Houston to play the Texans. We all picked the Colts. Uh, the next game, 
is the Patriots going to visit the Dolphins. Um, the consensus pick for the three of us was the Dolphins. I actually picked the Patriots. I'm not sure why. I think a lot of people are down on the Patriots this year, so I guess we'll see. But Chacon and Hoop both go with the Dolphins there. After that, we get the Ravens uh, going to visit the Jets in New York. And we all pick the Ravens. <sighs> Next game. Jags go to Washington to play the Commanders. My Commanders. Chacon and I both picked the Commanders. Who went with the Jags? I was so close to picking the Jags, but I just can't do it week one. I'm sorry, everybody. I can't. It is what it is. Uh, next up, all three of us pick the Chiefs to beat the Cardinals in Arizona. We all pick the Packers to get the win against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. We all pick the Titans to get the win against the Giants in Tennessee. We then have Bucks, Cowboys in Dallas. Two out of the three of us picked the Bucks, and I bet you could guess who picked the Cowboys. That's right. Robert Chacon picked the Dallas Cowboys, his Dallas Cowboys, to get the win. Uh, we go to Monday night. We get Broncos going to visit the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's return to home. Uh, and we all have the Broncos winning. Should be a should be an easy game. The Seahawks might be might be the worst team in the NFL this year. All right, locks on bets. This is for Chacon and Hoop. They both said to take the Bengals, who are six and a half point favorites against the Steelers, which was uh, kind of surprising. I mean, the Steelers have a good defense, right? But you have to think the Bengals are going to come out just firing. Uh, next up, Chacon says to go ahead and take the Packers, minus one and a half against the Vikings. Uh, they both agreed on Denver beating Seattle. Minus five and a half, which that line has actually moved to six and a half. So, I mean, in the past three hours, it's moved. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, then Hoop gave me some overs, uh, over under total points. So KC, uh, Arizona, go ahead and bet the over of 53 and a half points. That should be a shootout. Uh, then also the over on the Chargers Raiders at 52. All right, so that's it for the NFL bets and NFL picks for week one. Again, uh, either Chacon or Hoop, or maybe both of them, will be back next week and we'll uh, review week one and look forward to week two of the NFL. So I had put on the Will WonderPod Instagram page at the Will WonderPod where you can pre order your hoodies until 9 7 which would be September 7th, again, Wednesday, the 7th of September. But I put on the Will WonderPod Instagram page, uh, I wanted to do just a quick mailbag for the 90th episode. So not a ton of questions, but there are some fun ones in there. And first, I'm going to start with this one because it made me laugh, and it's from someone who uh, helps with the show a lot. First question is, if you could punch one guest in the face... Who would it be, and why would it be Chacon? So, <laughs> shout out to Hoop for submitting that question. Uh, usually I don't say who submitted the questions, but, um, yeah, I, um, you know, he's a Cowboys fan, and he gets very, very, very just, like, loud and angry, and, and NFL season is here, so that would be the biggest reason why I would want to punch said guest contributor Robert Chacon in the face uh, 
Um, next up is new music I should be checking for. So I kind of touch on this every now and then on the on the podcast, but just as a refresher, I really like Coast Contra. Uh, I've been listening to them a lot. Their new album, Apartment 505. They're their first, their debut album, which came out this year, Apartment 505. I really enjoy. If you're looking just for some songs to hear uh, off of that, that that you know you might want to get a little taste of. There's a song called Pimpin' Benjamin. Uh, there's also another song called 505, uh, Pangea, and then Get the Worm. There's a lot of good songs on this album, so I would suggest checking it out. Also, the Never Freestyle is really good, and they, they just recently did a collaboration with Sierra on a song called Jump. So look out for them to blow up, in my opinion. I really like them. Um, other than that, I would say Maxo Cream, who I've already talked about on the podcast. I really enjoyed his album. Also, J.I.D. or J.I.D., I guess, depending on how he says it, when he wants to say it, but I've always called him J.I.D. His album, uh, his newest album, rather, The Forever Story, is really, really good. So make sure you check that out. Uh, yeah, so there's three. I would say all three of those. Uh, the next question is, how many seasons until the Jazz make the playoffs again. They've only missed eight since 1984. So with this roster as it currently stands, I don't think they make the playoffs for a minimum of four years. (laughs) Now, playoffs are a little different now. Do you count the play-in games as the actual playoffs? The way the playoff structure has changed since since COVID hit, you know, you get more teams in the quote-unquote playoffs. So they, I could see them finding a 10th seed in the next two two years or so, but an actual playoff spot, I'm going to say almost four. Really all hinges on how Agbaji turns out um, and what they do with those picks. It's hard hard to say. Do they actually just draft players or do they end up moving those for other players uh, that are already somewhat established? With Danny Ainge, I'm assuming they're going to use it to draft and try to move up and be aggressive in the draft. Victor Wembanyama, we all heard about him. If you listen to sports talk or you know about the NBA, he's like, you know, the prized possession. But we will see. I would say four years. So I think it's going to be a, a long, tough road for Utah Jazz fans. Right now, if you look at it, the only team that's really worse than them in the West is going to be the Spurs. And then maybe they're right there with Houston, but Houston could make a leap this year, right? They, the, the young guys that are on that team could could level up a little bit and and just uh, just be better. So, all right, next question. Let's see what we got here. You're featured on a '90s sitcom. What is your catchphrase? This is tough, but if I think back to the '90s. Me and my dad still do this. I'm not going to lie. My dad's in his 60s, right? I'm obviously 36 years old. When we talk to each other on the phone, the way we greet each other is as follows. What's up? Like that. And depending on how many beers my father has had uh, in the evening when I call him, or maybe it's just an afternoon. He's retired. You know what I mean? Time, Time of the day is irrelevant to him at this point in life. But... If he's had a few, that might go back and forth. So I think the what's up, I always, I generally start out my episodes with a what's up, but it would be more of the Budweiser, what's up? <laughs> uh, okay, last question. We're only going to do five here, and then we're going to get to this interview. 
I really like this question. I'm actually incorporating it in the interview later. If you could have you plus four other people for street ball, who would it be? So a team of five, me plus four. And I'm assuming this person is like, I can take anyone, anyone at all. So with that said, I'm going to need... I don't want to leave anybody out, but obviously there's only four. So I'm going to need a guy who will just do all the, the junkyard work that a lot of people don't want to do. And a guy that'll hit somebody when it needs, when someone needs to be hit. So I'm going to go way back to Charles Oakley. I know my, you might be thinking like, that's your first pick, but you need that enforcer on the street ball court. Like there's no question about it. So I'm going to put Oak at the five. All right. Next, I would have, I think you have to put me at the four, Oak at the five. We're not a very big team by any means. Um, My point guard. Yeah, my point guard, I'm going to have to go with Skip to my Lou, Ray for Alston, street ball legend. Had a lot of good run in the NBA. There's my point guard. My two guard, I'm going with my brother, Rob Reynolds, because we really hurt a lot of people's feelings on different courts growing up all over the valley all over different rec centers outdoor courts whatever the case may be and we we played so much so he's going to be my two even though he's shorter than skip skip's going to be the guy to to handle the ball rob's going to be in that corner knocking down the three when need be and he can he'll fight too him and oak it's a very similar mentality even though rob has definitely calmed down uh, as he's gotten older and then i need someone that can just rock the rim like I need someone that can fly, make everyone look really good, catch some lobs from Skip, get some put-back dunks in the event. Rob misses a three, he won't, but more along the lines if I do, um, if I miss a shot. So I think I'm going to go someone who doesn't need the ball in their hands. I think I'm going to go Vince Carter. I know that sounds crazy, but we're talking street ball here. We're all going to have and one Tai Chi's on, yes, even Oak. Uh, So there you have it. Skip to my Lou Ray for Alston. My brother, Rob Reynolds, uh, Vince Carter, prime. We're all in our primes here. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, Myself at the four, Charles Oakley at the five. You're getting your head knocked off and you're losing. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Thank you for those questions. I really, really like those. Uh, And everyone else who had questions, I'm going to save those for the next mailbag. So I appreciate you. Coming up, I, I've been wanting to do this interview for so damn long since, I mean, pretty much since I started the podcast and him and I have talked multiple times and we finally got it locked in. So coming up, I have an interview uh, with a, a friend of mine that I've known for almost 20 years now, which just seems insane. Uh, but Coach Trey Smith, he coaches the Cypress uh, bas- boys basketball team here in Utah, Magna, Utah, the high school I went to, uh, graduated in 2004. He graduated I believe in 07, we will get to that in, in the interview, but he's coaching these young men. Uh, he played ball at the University of Utah. We have a lot to talk about from his upbringing to where he is now in life. So coming up, Coach Trey Smith will also do roses at the very end. So there's a little secret to who's getting the roses this week, bringing roses back. But first, a word from my guy, Dre Rocca. Psst. Hey, so I don't got a lot of time. I'm being held hostage right now. 
I'm listening to other podcasts. I know I just had to sneak away to listen to this one right here. This is really my favorite podcast. But, hey, look, if you ever are uh, in need of any other entertainment, uh, look for me. My name is uh, Dre Rocca. Uh, my, you can follow me at Dre Rocca. That's D-R-E-R-A-O-O-O. I got to hurry up. D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A. O-Rock.com. Check me out. I do a podcast, too. It's called Unrestricted. We do a lot of fun stuff. Stop. Listen, laugh, love, the unrestricted podcast with Dre Rocca, available now on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, literally anywhere you consume podcast, except SoundCloud because that's repugnant, oh, and drop a five-star review and receive 10 years good luck, fail to do so and your genitals will fall off. All right, very special guest today, I already uh, introed him on the intro of the pod, but he's a father, husband. Raiders fan, Lakers fan. We'll get into some of that later. Hooper, he's a coach. He's a guy who came into my life around 2002, 2003-ish. I was a senior in high school. I still remember the day. Me and my boy Rob were at basketball practice, first practice, and we're looking at this little motherfucker like, <laughs> why is he running so hard today, and why are we having to chase him? I told Rob, I'll get him. Don't worry. I'll, get, I'll check him. Uh, I didn't check him, but... Uh, you know, since that time, always been a good dude, good friend. Uh, my guest today is Coach Trey Smith. Trey, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Um, I appreciate you having me, man. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. And, you know, it's funny. I talk to a lot of people about when I first came to Cyprus and I was a freshman. Yeah. You guys are senior group. One, y'all were nice. <laughs> y'all were nice. And I'll never forget that year, Hunter won the championship. Yeah. But they came down to Cyprus. Yeah. And, we and that joint was cracking. Yeah. And it was it was almost fights afterwards, but and it was we smacked. Them. Yeah, yeah, that was. I'll yeah. never forget it. I'll yeah. never forget it. But that's probably one of the best high school experiences I had as like a ball player at Cypress. Yeah, for sure. That was fun. That was fun. It was intense. Afterwards, I still remember players, uh, fans leaving our fans, and like we had to wait for the uh, the uh, who was it at the time the, the police officer. Uh, man, I forgot his name. Uh, Hank, 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 and another one to to take us to the locker room because you have yep. to walk out the, of the side there and into the corner, and there was just it was nuts. But that place was packed. Yeah, balcony packed. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that was good times. Well, let's do this, man. Let's. Um, I mean, we're gonna get into a lot, right? A lot of your life. But what I want to do is just start out from the jump. So, born and raised in Magna, or where, where are you originally? So I was born in San Bernardino, California. Okay, right. Um, moved here when. I was real young, four or five years old, um, and just raised in West Valley Magna for most of my life. Okay. So, you know, I'm a Utah guy. I'm a Utah kid. Yeah. Magna, West Valley kid. So that's just what it is. Yeah. When, um, so when did you, when did you start playing ball? When did you, because I think there's two different things, right? There's a point where someone starts playing, but then there's another point when you fall in love with it. So was it around the same time or was it just like, or did the fall in love become before you actually started playing? It was it was like it was early. Mm -hmm. It was eight, nine years old. Um, I don't know. I just had a it's like a different understanding of the game yeah. in terms of like I was never like a scorer. It wasn't my thing, but like leadership, um, getting my teammates involved, and just seeing the game from a whole different perspective as opposed to any you know other young kid or high yeah. school kid. Just trying to you know bounce the ball off your elbow and such. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> We did that at Magna Rec, you know. There's no <laughs> hey, I remember those Magna Rec days too. <laughs> Good times. 
Um, okay, so you start playing around eight years old. What what got you into it? Was it just you wanted to play, or was it you were you were watching the NBA? Did you have like an older cousin, your dad? What was it? It's my pops, man. Um, grew up, you know, he played baseball, basketball, football. Um, I didn't follow him in the in the baseball route. I was awful. <laughs> but uh, football and basketball have a huge passion and love. Um, definitely love the game of basketball though, mm-hmm. um, more a little more than football. And so, you know, my dad put me in it. You know, I got on some competitive teams, uh, played with a lot of kids that grew up with in the community for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just stuck, man. But I, I love the game, though. I really do. Yeah. I still do, too. It was never as good as you, right? But you, you fall in love with it no matter what. Like, oh, yeah. I think, well, some people. Some people don't. But once you, once you get that taste and, and you find something that about the game that you really enjoy, it just – it's like a snowball effect on top of that. Oh yeah, and I'm not. Let, I'm not gonna let you get away with that. I'm wasn't as good as you. <laughs> I that wasn't that good. And like I said, y'all senior group, bro. Y'all were nice, bro. I'll, I'm telling you, I'll never forget. Like we were nice. Yeah. Even though I wasn't on the varsity squad. Yeah. But I like you know I practiced against y'all every once in a while and yeah. got a taste of it. I was like, huh. Yeah, we are, we uh you know those nights that you get with your friends and you're drinking and you're like, hey, you remember? And it's like, man, we sound like Uncle Rico right now. Yeah. But but we were. I thought we were pretty good. You know, y'all were good, man. That yeah. hey, since probably one of the better teams that's came through that like since you know I went to school there and coached there for sure. Right, right, yeah. I mean, you got a you got a squad now. Yeah, and we'll get to that. But I'm excited for you and I'm happy for you because you put in a lot of work. But uh, yeah, those kids now. It's different though, and we'll get to that too, because I have questions about the differences from then till now. Okay, and I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you got social media, and I mean, there was no social media when we were, at least when I was in school. To so, the extent of what it is now, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, let's get to this. So, playing ball, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you play junior high school. Uh, obviously, you're playing high school. Um, did that kind of keep you? focused outside of the realm of doing other things. Because coming from, and not to say that Magna is a bad area by any means, but you can get caught up in a lot of different things there, especially if you don't have the right friend group, if you're not looking to do something with your life. So was that was that like the first thing where it was like, okay, I want to do this and not pay attention to the other dumb shit? Or was it your circle of friends just not down to, to do that type of stuff? Um, I think it was a mixture of both, you know, but I think my dad, like, he drove me to understand that, you know, athletics and school, like, is my thing. And yeah. that's a big reason why we moved out here from California. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want me growing up and doing a lot of the things that he grew up with. Or, or sure. Doing, you know what I'm saying? He was born so, and raised out there? Yeah. Okay. So he wanted to change the narrative, which I think is extremely important. Um, you know, so, you know, I took school seriously. Um, I took my academics and... Sports, and it's just, like, what I was. Yeah. You know, it's who I was. Um, you know, I, I ran track, played football, played basketball. I didn't have time to think about anything else. Yeah. It was important to me. Was that why he moved here? Did he have family here? Or do you know what 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 uh, was kind of the idea for the landing spot in Utah? Um. Well, he was a, he was a convert to the church. Okay. Right? Um, but I, I think this, the driving force was us just – getting out of a, you know, a bad neighborhood, a bad place where yeah. gangbanging takes place. And yep. he didn't want me and my brothers and my sisters and our family to be around that. Yeah, <clears throat> no doubt. Well, shout out to your dad. I still remember your dad from the games. Uh, 
obviously from your wedding. Had a great wedding. You had a great DJ at your wedding. Hey, sure so did. shout out to that guy. Dougie Fresh. <laughs> nice. Hey, if y'all need a DJ, y'all better hit him up. Our, party, our wedding was crazy. That was fun. Hey, I still get people to, people till, to this day tell me, yo, like, your wedding was, it was Really? It was fun. I'm telling you. That's great. And the DJ makes it, though. Yeah. If you ain't got a DJ, like, yeah, eh, You might as well just, nah. you know. Do the wedding and then not have a, a reception afterward. That's facts, yeah. man. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I that was a lot it. of fun. I still remember it. That was a, that was a really good time. One of my one of my favorite weddings. I think I've probably done, man, to this point, over a hundred. I would say easily DJed over a hundred weddings, but that was that was Word. one of my favorite. Yeah, good, man. I, I I appreciate that. It was yeah. fun. When you guys do your twenty uh, fifth wedding anniversary, holler at me, okay? You might do a tenth. Okay, well, You're ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's not too far away, right? Where you? We've been married for nine years now. Okay, all right. Yep. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the calendar as a tentative uh, party. Yeah, be so. ready. Uh, all right, so growing up in Magna, playing ball, um, you know, family is a big thing. Uh, I, I just want to touch on this quickly, right? Uh, and we talked about this beforehand. So uh, it's October 23rd, if I remember, 25th, 2003. Um, my brother was a police officer, right? Uh, he was, this is one of his first nights uh, on on his own because generally when you start, you're with a partner. Uh, but your family, your dad, your your two brothers and your sister are walking. Uh, uh, they're crossing the street and they and they get hit by a drunk driver, right? Uh, ultimately, your brother Buddha passed away. Six years, six years old, is that yes, correct? Yes, he was six years old. <clears throat> so that's a lot. That's a lot for any human being to go through. But, you know, a 15-year-old, uh, 14, 15 year old at the time. How did you, how did you wrap your mind around that? Um, see, I was, a, I was one of a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, one of my biggest things was, you know, I'm, I'm faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm LDS. Um, I'm a Christian man and, you know, I truly, you know, God got me through a, a lot of pain and a lot of hurt yeah. at the time. Um, and that whole, just the whole process of the entire thing, you know, how it kind of played out was, you know, siblings are over at my dad's house and, you know, probably I would say 30 to 45 minutes before I go to my best friend's house down the street. Mm. So just as easy, um, I felt guilty that I wasn't there at mm. the time, you know, cause Still looking back, back at it, I feel like I could have, you know, possibly changed the outcome or whatever the case might be. Uh, but, you know, it just made me think of how fragile life is, mm-hmm. you know, and how important family is. And, you know, my family went through a tough time for a long time. Yeah. You know, and, and that really split and separated and made a lot of people hurt and it dismantled a lot of things. Um, and a lot of things had to be fixed, but at the same time, you know, I found myself, um, like I got a couple of kids now Mm -hmm. and I've never been more grateful, um, and more like blessed to have a family of my own. Yeah. You know, my dad went through like a really, really hard time. Oh yeah. Same with my stepmother. Yeah. I can't imagine. You know, so at the same, but. Life comes at you, man, with all sorts of stuff and how you manage it and how you bounce back and, you know, having the will to get up and fight out of a corner. You know, that's what makes you. That's what breaks you. Um, So 
you know, what my dad did, what my stepmother did, and, you know, what my siblings did to, you know, fight and battle through their injuries and, you know, their broken bones. And they had a tough time. Yeah. You know, and I was right there um, through it all. And, but, you know, I think it made all of us better mm-hmm. and it made us stronger. Um, and you just got to go, you go through difficult things in life, you know, but like I said before, it's about how you handle it, mm-hmm. and how you bounce back and how you recover. Yeah. <clears throat> so I listened to a couple of different things that you had done in the past, uh, Lake Talk, and then there was another one, and I, I, you have to forgive me because I can't remember the name, and I didn't write it down in my notes. Listen and learn. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about, um, uh, you know, forgiveness and and kind of uh, forgiving the the guy that, you know, was intoxicated and what happened. And, uh, like, off the top, I just want to say <clears throat> you're a, a much bigger man than I am with that. I, I don't know how I, how I could do that, right? Uh, uh, but if you want – if you don't – I mean, if you don't want to, you don't have to. But how do you go about doing that? Like, truly, like, being like, you know what, it, I forgive you for what happened. You know, it's crazy. And um, I was actually – I was driving home one night by myself, um, driving from, you know, home from college. And I'm not going to lie to sit here and say I didn't have any hatred yeah. towards that man. Um, that'd be false. But at the same time, I'm driving home one night and I just get this like, I don't know, I get this overwhelming feeling. And I just, it was, it was just like weighing me down. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't be my true self. Sure. You know, I'm I'm big on positivity. I'm big on I'm big on, you know, making people feel comfortable. Um and I just took it within myself to try to be the best version of myself. Um and forgive them and you know, it's a like you said, it's a tough thing to forgive. Yeah. But at the same time, it was the best thing for me. I don't want to hate I don't need to hate anybody. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm sure that man, he, he knows the, the pain he's caused and uh, the effect he's had on my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he probably lives with it every single day. Yeah. So it's, it's not my job to judge anybody. Um, it's my job to just try to make the world a better place and, you know, bring, positive, bring positivity to anyone that I'm able to touch. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, I mean, we'll move on from that, but I think it's very important um, for people to hear stuff like that, right? To, to hear that you can forgive somebody for something like that. People go through all different types of things. You have different relationships in your life where maybe somebody wronged you in a certain way. And for you to ultimately be able to forgive that guy and move on with your life. And like you said, push positivity. I think a lot of people can get over a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for sure. thanks for talking about that. I know it's, you know, it's one of those things, but uh, I think it's... Um, Again, going back to that uh, podcast I, or that interview I'd listened to with you, I was just like, man, like, you know, I look at you as a, again, sometimes I look at you like we're back in high school, like I'm 18, you know what I mean? You're that little guy. I was, <laughs> I was rapping to you on the back of the bus, maybe like a young buck verse. I don't know what it was. Oh, but, um, but like, it's just crazy to see the growth in, in people, right? And, and we talk from time to time randomly um, and we'll see each other every now and then, but you've truly become like a real good man, a real good human being. So shout out to you. And I think a lot of people just needed to hear something like that because you hold on to things and you just, you know, need to yeah. let go and move on to be the best person you can be. For so sure. thank nah, you. Thank you. Um, 
All right, Cypress High School, you know what I'm saying, Pirate for Life, home of scholars and champions. Um, minus that Hunter uh, where we got almost uh, got in a brawl and we whooped their ass. Shout out to Otis and Landon and all those guys. Hey, I still love y'all, but we got y'all, <laughs> We got y'all. Um, what's some of your, like, what's a, what's a very vivid or like a fond memory of playing ball at Cypress for you? Um, <clears throat> I would have to say, shoot, man. And I, you know, I've been, I've been telling my kids these days, man, I'm like, you know, our senior night, Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we were, we were okay. We were competitive. Yeah. You know, we lost a lot of close games, but at the same time, like our senior night, we played Olympus. Mm. Olympus was nice. Yeah. They've, you know, they've always been. Always. Right? Yeah. Always. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they came in like they were going to smack us. Yeah. Punch us in the mouth. But I think we had, I want to say we had six guys in double figures. Oh, wow. Six. And we put it on them. by like, we beat them by like 15 to 20. Wow. And they were the best team in our region, um, uh-huh. one of the top teams um, in our classification, which was, which was four at the time, the highest, you know. And yeah. I don't know. I had a good game. All my friends had good games. All my teammates had good games. It was crazy, man. It was, every, it was just contagious that night. Yeah. And everybody was feeling good. And we ended up playing ourselves into a playing game. Oh, okay. Versus Murray, mm. I believe. And then we ended up losing that game, but mm. you know it was it was good for us, man. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget that night. Yeah, I'll never forget it. You uh, you still have a bond with a lot of the guys you played ball with, right? I do. Yeah, and that that's the thing I love about. I mean, I'm sure it's this way in a lot of different sports, but basketball. A lot of those guys that I played ball with were, you know, I mean, me and Rob, that's still my brother. We're still best friends to this day. But you go through a lot of things with them, mm-hmm. and you you learn how to. Uh, you know, and I'm, you know this, but playing ball, being on a team, but it also teaches you a lot about life, right? Like you're going to go up against teams that are a lot better than you, yep. but it all just depends on how you bring it and, yep. and your mental uh, towards those games. But yeah, sometimes I, I really look back fondly on those times. Was was Clyde your coach, your senior? Uh, it was Coach Wilson, my senior. Okay, year. okay. Alquist, he he just retired my after my junior year. Okay, so that would have been when uh, Aaron graduated. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I still remember Clyde, man, telling us our senior year, this is my last year, you know, and he's up there. He's a, I love Clyde, you know, but he was over there crying, and I'm like, damn, this is it. We're at West, and we just smacked, like, I mean, West. <laughs> Forget about it. We smacked him. And um, we are like, man, Clyde's leaving. And then Aaron just, like, becomes Aaron England, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then I think Clyde was like, wow, stick around a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? You know what's funny about that, man, is um, uh, one thing Coach Aquas, like, what he told me and what's always stuck with me mm-hmm. is he said, don't ever, ever take it easy on your, like, on your better players, mm-hmm. on your best guys. Oh, yeah. And I never have. And that's something that, like, every day I focus on. You know, I don't, I don't give kids breaks, man. Yeah, I, I coach them up every single day. Like, I don't care how talented you are. You're mm-hmm. getting coached up. Let's talk about that real quick. I mean, we're going to jump around a little bit in, in time periods, but you know, I, th- I think about my very first practice as a sophomore with Clyde, and uh, I don't remember the play shuffle. Maybe I don't remember what we called. Maybe it was power. Anyways, I go to the free throw line. Uh, screen away, go to the free throw line, and I was open, so I shot it, and that was just what I did. You know, it was yeah. like, I don't. I was coming from Brockbank. You know what I mean? I just shot when I got the ball, and he blew the whistle, and he looked at me, and I was like, oh man, uh, 
you know, and Clyde give you that look. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, what did I do? <laughs> and he goes, hey, did you even look in the post? And I was like, what? And he goes, you didn't even look? And, you know, this is like, boop, boop, in the post. And he's going off, and my boy Raleigh's right behind him, like, going, you know, giving me the face, like, oh, you were in trouble. And he goes, I have no doubt one day you're going to be a good basketball player, but you are a ball-hogging son of a bitch. Get on the line. And I was like, this is my first practice, Trey, in high school. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I did not know that happened. Yeah. My very know. first. So I was like, man, this is different, you know, obviously. But um, I wanted to bring that story up, uh, number one, because it's funny. But number two, I feel like, and I don't know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm assuming times are a little different now as it was to when you were in high school playing ball or when you were coming up. What is that like? Like, are kids now, obviously, you? I don't think you can get on them in the same way, but can you? I don't know. I mean, you're not going to call someone a ball hog and son of a bitch and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I ain't going to say that. Okay. I ain't going to say that. But here's the thing, man. Um, obviously, I think the game has evolved. Yeah. Right? Things have obviously changed. You know, I, I look back at when I played, right, and even, like, my senior year, you know, these young guys, these all these guys I got coming up now, they are so much better yeah. than what I was. It is, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I, I wasn't great. I don't feel like I was a scrub or a bum. Yeah. You know, but like these kids can hoop. Yeah. Like it's what they do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's changed in, you know, obviously analytically, right? Oh yeah. I, and I'm not, I'm not like a huge like analytics guy, right? And here's, I understand the numbers. I understand the breakdown. I understand, you know, what the percentages are, all that stuff, right? I get mm -hmm. it. But I'm big on this. I tell my guys this. If you work on it, you can shoot it. Mm. Straight up, mm. right? I know I have some coaches on my staff that, you know, they disagree with me sometimes. And I talk to other coaches. And I go, you know, the mid-range game is gone. I mm. tell my guys, you want to shoot the mid-range? Yeah. You make 100 to 150 mid-range shots a day, guess what? You're going to shoot yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My point guard, he shoots mid-ranges. Mm -hmm. Don't mind it at all. You know, my... My other little, my other shooter, uh, Mulford, right? He just mm -hmm. he just started shooting mid ranges too. I'm gonna let him shoot him. Yeah, you know, Mulford comes in as a freshman, right? The kid makes 300 threes every day. It's insane. So guess what? I have no choice. I'm gonna <laughs> let him shoot 10 threes a night. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know why? Well, because I know he puts the work in. Though. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. it's 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 more so of like, if I know you're putting the work in, right? I'll give you free reigns offensively to do what you do, mm -hmm. right? But one, you better be unselfish. Yeah. And two, you better just play hard and defend. Mm -hmm. If you know, I, I tell my guy, you guys, you're one on one. Go to work. Yeah. Like I have no problem with that. But I'm I'm not big on the let's pound the ball seven, eight, nine times, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. Like, it's know, not Hoosiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like let's go. If you, I'll, let, I'll let my guys hoop. Like yeah. I I think that's very important as a coach to give your guys that freedom. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, they got to play the game the right way. Yep. And that's my biggest. That's my biggest thing. I want my kids to play the right way. A lot of kids now come up uh, heavily in AAU systems, right? Different teams and such. There, obviously, there was AAU when I was younger, but it wasn't as prevalent, and there also wasn't as, uh, you know, especially outside of the state, there wasn't as much money in it as there is now. So, I, uh, a lot of kids that you have, did they have they been playing with each other like growing up? Because I'm assuming they're all like from obviously, you know, close area uh, in Magna or West Valley, what have you, but have they all been playing so they kind of know each other already? Or this the group I got now, right? And there's there's a 
there's a, there's a few kids that you know they didn't all play together growing up, mm-hmm. but the bulk of them did. Okay, yeah, five that's or good. six of them did mm-hmm. for since they were third, fourth grade. Yeah, so damn, they've they've known this moment is coming. Yeah, right. They've earned it, but they've also like they've put in a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. I got some I got some kids that work really hard, um, and then there's other kids that you know they kind of just figured it out figured it out. Um, through junior high and high school. Yeah. And now it's just integrating them into, you know, what we've already had mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, working hard every day and trying to get it done. Yeah. Let's back up a bit. We're going to come back to uh, coaching Cypress, but I want to talk about uh, going to play at the U, right? So you get a, you were a walk-on, but you get a scholarship, correct? Is that how it worked? I So I, I was walk-on for three years, mm-hmm. right? And then I transferred into a D two school, got okay. a scholarly, came back. Got it. Okay. What? So, coming from Magna to go play at the University of Utah as a walk on, like that's got to be. Um, I don't want to say scary because I know how you are, um, and I know how a lot of kids are that we grew up with. Not scary, but maybe a bit overwhelming because it's big. Like it's a lot, a lot bigger than Cypress High School. Yeah. So, what was that first? You know practice like for you coming from you know magna and going to the university of utah um i can say so that whole transition you know everything kind of just worked out for me right Mm -hmm. i was a big time utah guy from the jump even when you know jack letty was there Mm -hmm. and some of my teammates that i ended up playing with uh, were coaching or jack letty but boylan comes in right yeah he's brand new first year so they're they're having walk-on tryouts Mm -hmm. i hear about it you know, one of one of one of my one of the first things I did is this, right? After our season's done at Cypress, right? I'm a senior. I go up to the U and I'm just like, hey, you know, you guys have open gyms. Um, I would like to come. And they're like, Oh yeah, you can come for sure. Like it's not a problem, right? Yeah. So and like I said, in high school, I was okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't great by any stretch, right? But I went to their open gym every day. Mm. And I was getting my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Yeah, yeah. Every, like every single day to the point of like, I would guard anybody. It didn't matter who it was, right? They're taking me straight to the block. Yeah. Mouse in the house. Yeah. I'm killing this kid. Why is he showing up every day? Um, why is he on my team? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it got, and then like slowly but surely, right? Gradually, I'm like, you know what? I can play here. Mm. I deserve to be here. Like I... And so, you know, I kept going. I got, I just got continually better and better. I started working out more, getting in the gym more, right? We have walk-on tryouts. I, I walk in the gym. I'm in the, we're in the hyper. There's probably 70 to 80 guys. Damn. I walk in the gym, okay? These are grown men, bro. <laughs> I'm straight out of high school. And yeah. you know what I look like. Yeah, I remember. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not saying I look much different, but like, I'm not skinny. I'm skinny. You were very, I don't have yeah. a lot of weight. Yeah, Like yeah, a yeah. lot of mass, right? And these are grown men, bro. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Right? So, I, you know, they put these teams together, go to some drills, put these teams together, right? I get on a team, we're stacked. Mm. And I got some, like, killers on my team. Yeah. Like, dudes that can score from all levels, three, mid-range, get to the cup, uh-huh. post up, do everything, right? So, I go in there, right? And I'm, my first thought is, like, you just got to be you. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't change, right? I don't need to shoot the basketball. I was never a shooter in high school. Mm-hmm. I was never a scorer, right? I'm an assist guy. 
I I like to lead the show. Yeah. I talk, communicate. I tell guys what to do, how to do it. That's just like what I've always been. Yeah. Right? So I go in, I do that. You know, I end up making the first cuts. I end up making the second cuts. And, you know, kind of going back to what happened to my family and my brother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, me and my dad were, were coming back um, from the trial, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we're driving back, and I get a call from Coach B. And he's like, hey, um, you know, what are you doing? Can you come to my office? And wow. um, I swear, I swear, wow. that same day. Holy shit. Right? We go in. I go into his office, me and my pops, and he just tells me, hey, um, it was me and this other guy who made the roster. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, obviously I broke down. Yeah. And I felt like it was a, it was a dream of mine. Um, and, you know, at the same time, you know, I, th- I thought I, I earned that, mm-hmm. you know, but I also put myself in a position. I put myself in a position to be vulnerable and like I was getting killed for two or three straight months at open gym, bro. Yeah. Every day, just getting hammered. Right. Until, you know, it, it really, it really becomes like a belief of, I knew, like, and I believed I was a D1 basketball player. Mm-hmm. And I turned myself into that. Yeah. Was I that out of high school? No. Yeah. No way. But I turned myself into that by just, like, it was just a mindset. Mm-hmm. And obviously getting in the gym and working extremely hard. But I just, you know, and then things yeah. just happened. And I was there for three years, um, captain for a year and a half. Um mm-hmm. You know, I got, I got, you know, I got my, I got garbage time at times. I got an opportunity, yeah. you know, and what, what I, what I'm, what was fair about the staff there, right? They gave me, you know, one year, I think I was going into my retro sophomore year, right? And it was between my boy Jace, uh, my boy C. Hines and myself, mm-hmm. really the three point guards. Um, and, you know, Coach B all called us in, a, in his office, was like, yo, um, whoever plays the best during our red and white scrimmage, you're the guy. Mm. You're the guy, right? Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't that I was looked at like just because I was a walk on. I wasn't given a chance. I was given a chance. Yeah. Guess what I did with the chance? I blew it. I didn't play well. Mm. I got outplayed that night. Damn. And it's just what it was. Yeah. But that didn't stop me from showing up every single day and treating practice like it was game days. Like I I just enjoy competing. Like. People these days be like, yo, why, why, like, why would you stay there and just be a walk? And like, why, why not go to a JUCO? Yeah. And like, then try to get recruited to, you know, a D two or another D one or whatever. It's just like, I wasn't there to like prove anything. Mm-hmm. Like, which takes me back to my coaching. I was there. Like, I learned a lot. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't imagine. Especially, I mean, Boylan had a has a history of coaching. You know, he's gone to the NBA and different things. So he's been on their championship like level team. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We ran a pro system. Like, I played with really great players. I played with guys that played on national – their national teams and yeah. and professionally everywhere and, you know, really good staff. So, my – my like I said, my process in my in – my, in my mind was always like, I need to be here because I need to learn a lot because I want to coach someday. Yeah. It wasn't I, I'm trying to be something I'm Play not. in Europe. Or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want to be a coach. So, I, my best thing is to stay here, learn – and, you know, figure it out. Yeah. But I wasn't walking away from anything tough. Did you find that in college that you wanted to be a coach, or was that something, like, in you earlier, at an early age? In my freshman year okay. at, at the U. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. I Like, it was, like, the first, you know, few weeks of practice, and I was like, it's what I want to do. 
because at at the time, I know a little bit about college, right? There's a scout team, right? Yeah. And, and you know, being a part of the scout team, you got to know, you got to know. Obviously, if you're the second or third team point guard, you got to know all your sets, yeah. all your plays. You got to know all the other teams' plays as well, mm-hmm. right? It's a so lot. When we're breaking things down, we're breaking things down in film. You know, in the game, like I see stuff on the floor. I'm calling out to my teammates. Yeah, yeah. That the, that the assistant coaches are calling out, right? Yeah. But that's just like, it's just like, it's just like what I did. It's just who I was. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to coach like immediately. Damn, that's awesome. And you you got to learn from again Boylan the the different things that are different places he had coached. Uh, you know, a traveled coach and one that you like you said had been on championship teams. So it's not bad to learn from, mm-hmm. for sure. So um, you leave and and you go to a D two. D2 school, and I think this is where uh, I kind of lose a little bit of communication with you because, again, social media wasn't uh, what it is now. (laughs) I can't see what you had for lunch back then uh, every day. But um, so what was that like? Number one, where did you go, and and how did that feel going from the U to uh, a smaller school? So I went to um, Southwest Baptist University. Okay. And so this this is crazy. This is crazy, right? (laughs) So I got – Coach Stan Johnson and Coach Johnson right now, he's the head coach for LMU, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Loyola, Loyola Marymount, Marymount, yeah, right? So he came from Southwest Baptist, okay? So he brought a, that D2 school. They came to Utah, and they played us in an exhibition game. That was the first game of the year for us. Okay. Okay? And mind you, this is the same year we won our conference. We won mm-hmm. conference, Okay. And we won our conference tournament, mm-hmm. and we're a five seed. Mm-hmm. Same year. Okay, yep. First game of the season. They came in, bro, and they hit like 17 or 18 threes. <laughs> you and I sw- – and we were shocked. Yeah. We were in shock. Who the hell are these? Who is Southwest Baptist, <laughs> and where did they come from? But the way they played, yeah. they got them up, bro. Really? And they just played with such like a, a confidence and like a swagger mm. and just like didn't care. They came in like, and obviously you you know you get those those smaller schools right. They come to the big schools right. They get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. So that's what, that's just what it is. But yeah. at the same time, they had something to prove. Man. But they also had some D1 guys, you know, that either, you know transferred down or okay, the case might be right. So, so that next year, <laughs> we're playing Missouri State. Okay, right. Um, and we're in Missouri, and you know the head coach comes over to Coach Johnson. Coach B is like, hey, you know. Uh, he's watching practice, like, you know, who's this, who's this Trey kid? Like, yeah. walk on, do you guys play him? Or, like, no, he's just, like, working, you know, it's hard, whatever. Yeah. Like, right, they shooting it up. And then um, Coach Johnson's like, hey, you know, Coach wants to offer you scholarship, you want to transfer down there. And I was just like, hmm. yeah, like, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take an opportunity, and I get a year of school paid for, you know, whatever the case might be. So I went down there for a year. I played. Um, I started, I think, half the year. Um, but I got good minutes. I got good opportunity. You know, I met a lot of good people out there. Um, and then uh, probably going into the next year, um, I kind of just thought to myself, like, right, I, I needed to come back and get things in order, start a family, yeah. um, focus on, you know, my future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just left. I went back to the U, got my degree. Yeah. And then from that point on, you know, I really, I jumped right into coaching Yeah. after that. That's one thing that was interesting when I was just reading some stuff on you. <clears throat> so after you graduate, right, in 10, degree in sports management, 
then you're helping assistant coach, correct, at Cyprus? Yeah. So you get your – so, you know, you got a couple of years where you're assistant coach, coaching JV or what have you. But then 2014, you're 25 years old, and you're going to get the head coaching job at, at, at Cyprus, you know, our, our, our alma mater. Um, I don't remember from my time any young coaches. Everyone was old as, you know – yeah. Uh, again, love Clyde to death, but he was old yeah. back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is, is that something that you see a lot more of now? Because at that time, was there any younger coaches that, that you knew of? You know, I, I see it. I see it now um, a little bit. Right. I think mm -hmm. I think more coaches get hired. Some younger coaches are getting hired in their 30s. Um, I know Hunter just brought on, you know, a young kid. I think he's around 24, 25 as well. Wow. OK. Um, so it's. It's definitely some something that I think, you know, I, I think kids these days they need a players coach. Yeah, you know, they they need someone mm -hmm. I think kind of relate to a little bit. Um, you know that, you know the coach understand the, co the players know the coach understands them right. Like I'm yeah. not too far from my guys. Sure. You know I'm like I'm I'm older and they they give me a hard time about it. Oh yeah. You know, but at the same time, like being being that young and being in that much. Of a, just having that role change, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because I used to come into practice, like, when you're an assistant coach, bro. It's different. It's different. <laughs> you walk in, you know, you say, what are we doing today? Yeah, yeah. You got a clue, you know, you kind of, like, figuring things out. And, and back when I was an assistant, too, I was kind of, like, easing my way. So I show up here and there, right, mm -hmm. with school and, you know, work and stuff. And Coach Collins was cool about that. Yeah. But, you know, going to be in that leadership role, um, it, cha it changes things. And the kids might look you a little bit different, but – I just let my kids know, man, like, I love them to death. They're still my guys, mm -hmm. but they're just standards and expectations that I have. Yeah. Ever make you feel old, like, being around kids now? Because, like, you know, we had a, a barbecue this uh, Labor Day, right? And uh, my wife, Hav, has some cousins that are, like, they just started college, right? And I'm sitting there talking to them about stuff, like, oh, who are you listening to? Uh, and some of the stuff they're saying, I was like, God. Like, I know all this, but I, it just makes me feel old. You know what I mean? You ever have moments like that where you're like, "What did you just say?" No, I, I have, I have, I have plenty, man. Yeah. Especially teaching, teaching oh, at the like, school. Yeah. And what are you teaching, by the way? I teach PE. Okay, okay. Yeah, teaching at the school, and the kids keep me young, though. Mm -hmm. You know, they 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 truly like they truly do. Like I don't think yeah, good. they understand like the effect and the impact like they have on my life. Yeah, you know saying yeah but they say a lot of stuff and i'm just like what are you talking about that doesn't even make sense it don't make any sense like <laughs> some of the lingo they like yeah, the yeah. words they use like one one kid because i say bet i've been saying bet forever yeah yeah yeah. that's right? not that's not a new thing by and they, they're like coach why are you saying bet <laughs> what do you mean you got that from me i've been saying that what have you been saying <laughs> yeah. young fella you better chill out man <laughs> no, nah, but the kid, the kids are—they keep me young, man. They really, yeah, do. they're cool. It's great. <clears throat> um, so you get that coaching job, and it's coming off a, of a few really rough years for the school, right? I remember looking in the papers or going to a game here and there back back before you were coaching, and just thinking like, man, what is happening? Um, so being able to build. I mean, anything up, right? Anything that you want, anything that you want to make successful, but as a, a program where, in a sense, you you don't necessarily have control over the talent that you're getting, right? Like, obviously, we can talk about schools out of the state and probably even some in the state <laughs> that do some goofy stuff, right? Oh, yeah. But um, 
building that up, building a culture that, that is your own, what were some of the challenges early? Because those teams, you know, before you started coaching, even your first couple of years, it was, it was, I'm sure it was rough, it was. the amount of losses that you had. So, so how did you, how do you number, I, I guess this is a loaded question, a lot of questions within one. <clears throat> how do you create that culture and, and push these kids to want to win after they've been used to losing for so long? So going back to the first summer I had, right, that I got the job and, and got the opportunity, um, you know, we're playing at the Rocky Mountain Review or Showcase, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called, right? And uh, we're playing Wasatch High School, mm-hmm. right? And um, shout out to my guy, Coach Long. He's, uh, he's my guy. I love that guy, man. Mm-hmm. He's a really good coach. But we were playing Wasatch, um, and they were up by 60. Oh, my God. I swear on my life. They were up by wow. 60, okay? Very first year, first summer. Goodness. And then... I and this people are gonna think I'm lying. The scorekeeper looks at me <laughs> and goes, "Hey, coach, I'm gonna stop keeping score." Oh, you know how like demoralizing that was. Oh, I can't imagine. I looked yeah. at him. I said, "This ain't junior jazz, man." Yeah. Like, no. If yeah. you want to add ten more points, add ten more. Yeah. But we got we got to know and visually see, and then the parents got to understand like how much better we need to get. Mm-hmm. And what the expectations, like, have to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, my first year, we win one game. Yeah. Second year, we win three. Mm-hmm. Third year, we win five. Right? And then, you know, there was there was, there was was a shift. But, I, you know, I, I needed the kids to understand, like, us just showing up mm-hmm. can't be a thing. Yeah. Us just being like, you know what? Let's wait till November to get in the gym, to get up <laughs> shots. Let's just rely on practice for three and a half months. And then, you know, we just call it quits. Mm-hmm. And we just go back to... Being lazy and playing video games and not working out, not conditioning, not shooting, and yeah, you know all that stuff, right? So you know the the cultural shift was one understanding that work has to be done. You know, even like even what I talked to you about, you know, a few minutes ago about playing up at the U. Yeah, like I wasn't very good out of high school. Like I couldn't shoot. I was terrible. Mm-hmm. But nobody taught me like. Yo, if you want to be good, like, there's a lot of work to work, be had. Yeah. Like, it's work. Like, so I went from my very freshman year of college ball to going into my sophomore year, right? I was able to shoot the ball now. Mm-hmm. It changes the game yeah. for you personally, right? So, you know, we go from one win, three wins, five wins to 11, mm-hmm. and then uh, to 14 and 15. You know, so there was a big transition, but I really think it starts right. And here's the cultural shift is like it starts with the belief. Mm-hmm. Like you got to believe, man, that you can win. Yeah. Right. Because I think the biggest problem, not only in athletics or with the with the basketball program that I took over a little bit ago, but like the mentality of like where we're from. Yeah. is like, you know what? It is what it is. It's who we are. It's who I am. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm just going to. I don't, I don't want to get better. I don't want to get out of my situation. I'm very comfortable with where I'm at, right? Like, that, that, like that can't be a thing here. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I, I just told you, I, you know, I teach PE and I, I teach athletics class right now. And, you know, we have all the athletes in there, baseball, football, basketball, track, wrestling, right, soccer mm-hmm. players from our entire school. Yeah. And I just told them, like, guys, you have to expect to win championships here. Mm-hmm. You're not just here to, you know, 
have fun. And do I think fun, you have to have fun, right? In your sure. Sport. I, I, I know that's important, right? But you know what? Winning is fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, getting, you know, getting smacked around and, you know, not winning and not just competing. Do I think losing is okay? I sure do think losing is okay, mm-hmm. right? But to the extent of, like, what are you giving me? Are you competing and giving yeah. me your best self and putting yourself in the best opportunity and, you know, plan to be successful and win? Mm-hmm. Right? And that comes with work. Yeah. And anything, though. Not just Anything. Life. That, that's, what I, that's what I love about, uh, for me personally, basketball. Everything that I learned back then, you can apply to life now. Oh, yeah. How hard you work. When you do lose, like, yeah, you lost, but what did you learn and how can you change things? Yeah. Uh, and, again, just staying focused on that goal to win a championship, right, or whatever it is in your life that you're trying to do. Exactly. That's what's so – I think that's what a lot of people overlook about athletics and, you know, for different reasons, right? Like you may not want to play uh, or you're, you don't want your kids to play or whatever the case may be or you're not good enough to play, right? But there's, you can always work to be better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I love that. I love that you've changed it out there oh, yeah. because you're, you're one of – and I'm going to get to this later too, but you're one of – there's, I think there's more of a handful than of us now, but people that came came from where we're from that are really trying to put a positive light out to everything, to the universe, right? Oh, yeah. And and really uh, create something special, and but still let people know like this is where we grew up and this is how we learned to do things. Mm-hmm. So I, I praise you for that, man. But I, I cut you off there. Go ahead. I apologize. No, you're good. No, <laughs> you're good, man. You're good. Hey, but yeah, it. it but it's not. With the cultural shift, though, it's it's not just about the head coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's gotta it's gotta start with obviously our principal. Yeah, you know, Mr. McDaniel's. He gave me an opportunity. You know, I had no coaching experience. I had very little coaching experience. Right, yeah. young. Um, but you know, one, I had a lot of people in the community. You know, believe in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of those guys that really pushed it on me was Coach Case. Mm-hmm. Rob Case. Rob. Yep. Yeah, my you guy. Know, he. He really was like, yo, Trey, like, you're the guy. Yeah. And I was great. like, and I told him, I was like, I'm not the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I just don't think, yeah. like, yeah, I'm not a teacher at the school, whatever the case might be, right? But, you know, jumping, fast forwarding, fast forwarding to now, um, the kids that I have in my program now, they believe that they can beat anybody. Bro. Yeah, that's like, great. They, like, they truly believe. Mm-hmm. They can play with anybody. Yeah, we went to Arizona for Section Seven. I don't know if you know you or any of the you know your followers know anything about Section Seven High mm-hmm. School, right? But it's this tournament in the West Coast, mm-hmm. and it's in Arizona. And you know they take some of the you know top high schools in each state, mm-hmm. right? And it's you have to be invited. Yeah, that's great. Like it's it's not a thing to where like oh you just like sign up and you <laughs> show up and you play. It's, that's not a thing, bro. Mm-hmm. But we played. We played modern day, our first game. Goodness. And we got that on our schedule, right? And I remember looking like, man, that's tough. It's huge. It's like, it's, a, you know, they're a, that's a national, like, level team. Yeah. Everybody in the country yeah. knows who modern day is. Exactly. Every right? sport, too. Every sport, bro. <laughs> yeah. They produce professionals, yeah. Olympians. Yeah. Um, you name it. Yeah. They produce it, right? Yep. But my kids go in there. And they are dogs from Jump Street. Mm. Just 
dogs. Yeah. And just I've never I've never seen them compete that day mm-hmm. the way that they competed. That's awesome. But in their mind, they had zero doubt. Yeah. Zero doubt. And they knew it, but they knew it though. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't even matter to them. Hey coach, who we got modern day? All right, bet. Yeah. Right? And then we win that game. We played Notre Dame out of California. Mm-hmm. Christian school. They got one five star going to Duke. Mm-hmm. They got another four star going to Gonzaga. They got another four star going to Houston. Right? Damn. They got another kid. I think uh I wanna say I think it's Ron Harper's boy. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to Cal Poly. Okay. Right? But they have all these all these all these guys on their roster, bro. Golly. We're up four at halftime. We end up, there's probably about three minutes of some change left. We're, we end up losing by nine, mm-hmm. I think, or 11. But three and a half minutes left, they're up by two. Wow. We're right there. Yeah. And they got a whole bunch of guys. Yeah, and we're yeah. Just, and we're just Cypress High School. Yeah. From Magna. Yeah. With some dogs. Yeah. That's it. You know, so it ain't, you know, and, you know, obviously the coaching staff that I have now, people in the community, the admin, you know, but it's, it's a lot of it came from the kids. Mm-hmm. Like they believe. Yeah. Like they really, truly believe they can play with anybody. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't care who it is. They can play with anybody. That's great. I think it, I think it speaks volumes about, uh, you know, you talk about the kids believe, but I think they believe because you've set the groundwork for them to believe in the past going through those tough years. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but I love hearing that because I think about back when we would go to tournaments, right. And we would go to Denver or what, whatever. And Yo, be, I, I remember Denver. Yeah. I remember. Oh yeah. You were, yeah. Yeah. We were talking about hazing. hazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, not me. <laughs> I didn't haze nobody. My freshman, my freshman year, bro, you guys, all the seniors broke into my room. Y'all don't remember that? No. <laughs> what did I do? I'm sorry. Yo, it was crazy. It was crazy. I was shook. But I respected y'all, though. I, respected y'all. I loved y'all, man. I loved y'all. We, we, you know what? You know what's crazy? So, I mean, the hazing when we were young as, as sophomores, that it was another level. And we, we always told ourselves, like, we're going to mess with the younger dudes, but we're not going to mess with them to that level. Because oh, yeah, that there was times where I was swinging for my life, and I connected oh, yeah. <laughs> on some shout-out to my my guy, Raleigh. I, I hit him so hard in the face, and I was just like, bro, it is what it is. Like, you were coming at, like, oh, yeah. this is. Now, just for everybody out there, they didn't do anything crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. they, was, they were the homies. Yeah, man. yeah. They, they took care of me. We, we really, you know, there was, there, there were kids that we really were kids. I caught, you know, back then, I mean, we were all yeah, kids, yeah. but there were younger guys that we really respected because we knew that you guys wanted to really play and, and you brought it all the time, you know? So you were one of those, obviously. Aaron was one of those. Um, but, but yeah, we did some, <laughs> that's so funny you bring that up, but uh, what was like, oh, Denver. So Denver. So we would go up against teams where it was like, you walk in the gym and like automatically you're kind of like taken aback a little bit where you're like, man, look at these dudes. But then once you start playing, you just don't care. Oh yeah. Um, I wish we would have had that mentality of like, no, we're going to kill these guys. Like it doesn't matter. Uh, um, and we, I think we eventually got there, but that summer I still remember going into some gyms and being like dudes just throwing up alley-oops and dunking in the warm up line. And there's like two guys on our team that can consistently really dunk. <laughs> And I'm like, what are we? What are we here for? Yeah, we okay. Here, coach. All right, all right, all right, Clyde. Well, 
can I shoot at the free throw line now? I'm a senior. I feel like if I'm open, I should take the shot. But if you're going to call me those words again, you know what I mean? I don't want to do it. Um, but no, shout out to you. I'm, I'm very happy for you um, in your coaching career. What I want to do is shift to family, right? You've been with your wife for quite a long time. My dentist, shout out to her, Rachel. Uh, again, no cavities in my entire life. And she's very proud of that as well. I, I feel like at some point I'm going to go up on the Hall of Fame at her, uh, at her uh, facility. But we'll get you. I'll get, we'll get framed. You gotta, we'll get you framed. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but you guys met at a very young age, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you've been together through, through all that. You, like you said, 10-year wedding anniversary coming up, which is, is crazy to me because time really does go by fast. Um, but what was it about her that you were just like, yeah, she's the one. Um, so we started, started dating our freshman year in high school. Yeah. Right. So Matheson, man. You guys look like babies. Yeah. We were were babies for sure, man. You know, um, and we looked awful too. I'm going to throw that out there. (laughs) We all did. Yeah. Minus me, I had frosted tips in ninth grade, so I was straight. I remember that. I remember that picture too. Um, nah, man, but. You know, um, she's the she's the best thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. in my entire life. There's no doubt. There's zero doubt about it. You know, how I knew that, you know, she cared about me, you know, like I said, you know, going through that whole family tragedy back mm-hmm. when I was a sophomore, you know, she was there through it all. Yeah. She's been there through it all, man. Like, and I, you know, when I didn't have a easy life growing up by any stretch, yeah. you know, I, me and my pops were... You know, we went through, we lived in every homeless shelter in the valley. Mm. You name it. Yeah. We lived there, you know, slept in cars. Um, and guess what? She was there through it all. Yeah. Through it all and never wavered. Um, you know, and, you know, just going through our lives together, high school. Um, and then we both go to college together. Um, and, you know, but one thing that she did was she kept me on track like everything's balanced. Mm. You know, there's a plan. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm maybe the right way, right? Like my life is planned out. My calendar is full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my weekends are booked for like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why it's taken 88 episodes to get you on. That is here. facts. <laughs> that is facts. Um, but you know, but but really, you know, she just she just grounded me, right? But we're good for each other. Yeah. In a lot of different ways, you know. Um, you know, so we may be opposite in some things, mm-hmm. right? But I, th- but I think that's, I bet I think that's good in relationships. Oh, it's important. Yeah. You know, but we've, you know, we've talked about this recently, but we've just come such a, f- just such a long way in our relationship mm-hmm. just so far, man. But it's really came from like just communication yeah. and it's, and everybody says it, but it's so small, but it's so hard to yep. do at times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you've been together with somebody for that long, you know, high school, right? It's just the littlest things. Like sometimes you just don't get better in relationship and you revert back to things that were in high school or college, right? Yeah. So, you know, that was something that we did early in our in our marriage, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, even early um, after, you know, we both got our undergrad Mm-hmm. Right in college, and she goes on to grad school into dental school. Right, yeah. The very beginning of our marriage, it was also you know it was a little rough because mm-hmm. when I say she went through dental school, dental school is tough. Mm-hmm. She was studying for she'd go to school for eight hours, yeah, and then she comes home and studies for eight hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that like that you know that newly married feel like wasn't there because we weren't spending much time together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So it was hard. Um, 
But, you know, those times made it, like, worth it in the end for us. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you know we both feel like we're at, like, some of the best time of our lives right now. Mm-hmm. With our kids, with our families, with our friends, in our relationships, in our careers. Like, these are some of the best days of my life. Oh, yeah. And, but it's, you know, but it's it's been worked on, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think... You know, what people don't understand, like, and see is, like, there's such a grind before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know we kind of talked about social media, right? Mm-hmm. People only see, like, what's on social but that's not a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, what's <clears throat> like what's the grind look like? And that's something that I don't do. Like, I don't post on social media to make people, to make it seem like I'm out here doing these special things <laughs> or making yeah. it. Like, it's just, that's, that's not who I am. Yeah. Right? You know, but I'm a family guy first and yeah. foremost. I always take care of my family first, my wife and my kids. Yeah. And that's something that my dad taught me. Mm-hmm. He was very family oriented. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what kind of pushed me to, you know, being faithful in the church um, and in my religion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's family driven. And I'm a yeah. family driven guy myself. So. For sure. So let's talk about family, right? You have your, uh, your first son, Ezra. He's four now. He's going to be four. He's going to be four in October. That's right. That's right. Um, I ask nearly every parent that comes on here that I interview this. So obviously you have the time leading up knowing you're going to be a dad, right? Uh, Rachel's pregnant. Things obviously change a little bit. Um, but I don't, I don't think anyone can fully comprehend what it's like when the baby is born. So if you can, if you can remember, I mean, we all can in, in some way or another, unless, you know, sometimes people pass out. And if you did, that's going to be a great story for this uh, interview. But um, that moment when you first hear your son crying, right, when he's born, take me to that. What was going through your mind? Um, it's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Uh... I was crying more than my wife, man. Yeah, I'm gonna no, keep no it doubt. real. Yeah, you know, I'm. <laughs> I, here's the thing, though. Like, I, I don't. I, I ain't got no problem like being vulnerable. Yeah, in, in any state, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Um, but like, it's just all. It's always what I've wanted mm-hmm. and what I've like dreamed of. Right. Like, I, I know I talked about a little bit. Like, I was born to be a coach. Like, I was born to be a father. Yeah. I was born to be a dad. Like, I live for it every day. You know, I. I I, I love spending time with them mm-hmm. and just being there and just being in the moment, right? But going back to when my my first son was born, man, like it was, I, it's just, I just can't explain it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and I also got this from my boy, um, uh, Johnny Bryant, um, who played with me, you know, I was, you know, I, I asked around, asked for advice and stuff. He's just like, Trey, you'll <laughs> never love your wife more. Mm-hmm. No doubt. After after your after your kid's born, yeah. you'll never you'll love your wife so much more after that. Like it's crazy, mm-hmm. but it's so it's so true though. Yeah, you know, and and you didn't think you could, right? No, yeah, that's there's the thing. no way. Yeah, yep. I just I I didn't think it was. I was like, you know, I I kind of took it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But then it happened. I was like, dang, yeah, he was right. Yeah. So now you know, people ask me. I share that same advice. Yeah, I put that. I did. You know, I put that same same thing on them, but. You know, I just want to be there for my kids, man, mm-hmm. and make a difference. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, growing up, you know, where we grow up and where we went to school at and stuff, and I deal with kids and kids that come through my program on a yearly basis, right, that don't have parents, don't have a father, yeah. don't have a mother, right? 
So it's my job to like, I want to be very proactive in my kid's life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to live through my kid. Sure. But I want to be there through the ups. I want to be there through the downs. Yeah. Um, I want to be there through it all, you know? Yeah. So one of the best days of my life for sure. Yeah, no doubt. That first cry you hear, there's nothing like it that you'll, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I wish I wish I did video sometimes because the way you were smiling about it, like I, I'm, I'm like I was there, like that feeling. It's hard to explain to anyone who doesn't have them, have kids, but that feeling is just like it's euphoria. <laughs> it is, you know man. what I mean? It's weird. It's like an out of body experience. Yeah, and I'm sure you feel. I'm sure you feel the same way, man. Yeah, I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah. way. Yeah. How do you like? You know, you're obviously basketball season. It's you're busy, right? So you you have practice, uh, and then basketball basketball in a sense is I would assume, I mean, for the NBA, it's all year round, right? But I'm assuming high school, you're probably a solid like seven to eight months out of the year where because you're doing summer tournaments, you're doing summer uh, uh, camps, you're doing different things like that. And then the actual season practices. How do you, how do you divide your time, right? Because, you know, you do have your two boys, you have your wife, you're coaching. You're also giving time to these kids uh, in your classes that that aren't necessarily the players, right? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you divide your time? And then also, very very important, how do you find time for yourself? Um, it's balance, um, and you know it's something that me and my wife had a you know she sat down and we talked. We talked about this kind of stuff all the time, and it's just goes back to communication, right? Yep, like. There's things I did and we did that we could do when we didn't have kids. Oh, right. Like I used to hoop four days a week. Right. Like it wasn't like it wasn't a problem. Like yeah. I, said, I love the game. Mm-hmm. I still love to play. Yeah. I want to play with my boys at night. Yeah. When they hear this podcast, I'm I'm killing y'all tonight. <laughs> I'm counting all my dubs. It's what I do. Um, no, but like you you just have to. It's balance, man. Uh-huh. But I I used to you know going through my early stages in my career in coaching, right, I would always bring, like, my work home. Mm-hmm. And I would be, like, so frustrated or feel like I'm failing the kids, I'm failing the community, right? And Rich's like, yo, this is, you know, it's kind of taking a toll on our relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not fair to me. And it definitely won't be fair to our kids someday. Yeah. Right? So I, I leave work at work. Mm. You know, I, we, we talk about it, you yeah. know, obviously. But at the same time, like, when I walk in that door, whether we win or lose the game, guess what? My kids are going to love me regardless. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. I got to go in there. I got to hug my kids. I got to play with them. Um, and it takes a lot of energy. But at the same time, like, I'm, I'm built to be a father, man. Mm-hmm. There's there's zero doubt in my mind that the greatest calling in my life is being a dad. Yeah. And a husband to my wife, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And with with and with Rachel, right? At the same at the same extent, um, you know, like you know, we got we we plan a lot of things out. Yeah, you know, and I make sure, like, even during our off season, right? Um, we go three days a week. Um, we go Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, with Rachel's work schedule, um, you know, there's days where I don't have open gym. I because you know it's my family time. Yeah, yeah. I need family time. So that's what it's going to be. Yeah. You know? So I maybe I, I expect another coach to be there, but I think there has to be a balance. Mm-hmm. It can't be 
you know, I got to put all my focus, even during the season. Like, there has to be a balance. Sure. My family. You know, and I let my kids know, too, man. Like, you guys got a family you guys got to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a mother and a father and you have siblings, right? When you guys are home, be present. Mm-hmm. I think that's most important, right? When you're home, be yeah. present. Yep. Don't be thinking about tomorrow. Don't be thinking about what happened an hour ago, yeah. right? Just be in the moment. Enjoy your time with your family. Yeah, for sure. I still, th- I still think back to um, losing our senior year in the state tournament and how, like, crushed – a lot of us were pacing. Yeah. I still remember like, I remember like us in the locker room crying and even dudes I didn't think loved it were crying. And, um, and it took a while for us to shake that off. But you know, as a kid, you know, 18, then summer comes and you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, being that's, that's good. You're teaching your kids that too, because there has to be something outside of basketball. Cause if we're having a realistic conversation with these younger kids that love hoop, uh, but maybe, that's not their maybe actually playing isn't their calling right yeah. in life where you knew you wanted to coach you you went through and did you worked harder than than most to get to where you wanted to be right but i think that's important to teach young kids cuz um a lot of kids have unrealistic and you know you want to dream too but unrealistic expectations of where they could be in life um we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but what, what's, what's the, you know, you have these kids, you, you obviously build a relationship with them, right? Uh, some of them you look at as like, you call them your kids, right? Yeah. How hard is it when they leave? Like when, when they graduate and they're off, is, is, does it, is it tough or is it like you're focused on the next? Of course it's tough, you know, but at the same time, like, I just love seeing the growth, man. Mm-hmm. Like when they come back or they go to college or they come back and visit me and they have a job or, you know, they have kids. Like, yeah. That's when I know I'm getting old. One, <laughs> my players are having kids. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what is happening right now, man? Like I got one player. He has, he has just as many kids as I do. Right oh, now. goodness. Like, Gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, I love to see my, I love to see my kids just grow, man. Yeah. And be successful and. Obviously, I've had a I have a few of my guys that they would they went on and played college, mm-hmm. and you know for the longest time we had so we had no kids come from the basketball program and go play collegiate basketball, mm-hmm. you know. But these past the past you know two or three years or so four years, uh, you know, kids have gotten more opportunity. Yeah. Um. So you know, at the same time, like I want all my guys to be successful. You know, I still look at that younger group and I want them to come in and. And learn from, you know, maybe the kids that just left mm-hmm. and, you know, develop and then see them off. But, you know, it's a cycle. Yeah. You know, but I I just love seeing the growth from the guys. Yeah. Like, and the kids overall. And I, I love, like, having kids come back and, like, want to help me coach. Like, that's, I got – That's great. Skylar Case, Rob Case's son. Yeah. He's helped me coach uh, my sophomore team right now, you know. Yeah. So it's good to have kids come back. And and the the thing is, man, they come and see me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I relate, I have a good relationship with a good amount of my guys. That's good. I really do. That's good. I want to shout out Rob Case real quick because uh, I remember those practices in high school where you know he would he would be like, "All right, I'm playing against you guys," and he would go hard, <laughs> hard, and I'd be like, "Damn, Case, like we got a game tomorrow, bro." Like like. You like if you you want this smoke? Yeah, you know, we didn't say that in 04 or whatever we yeah. would have said, but 
I was like, man, this guy's going tough. But yeah, uh, I remember those days too. Yeah. He would put the double braces on. Yeah. He would, with the J's. <laughs> yeah. He was ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So I do a, uh, it's on the back of that shirt, but I, uh, every now and then on my podcast, I do a thing, uh, a segment called Roses. I either end with Roses, I do a, a I Wonder. There's different segments at the end of this podcast, but Roses is essentially this, giving someone their roses, and you've heard it, or your flowers, but we say Roses here because my boy has a song, and we, uh, my friend Gabino has a song, and we put that as the intro. But the Roses are... For, for you to smell them while you're still here and while we can tell you that we appreciate what you do. So for you, like I, I really do appreciate what you're doing for the town that I grew up in, the school that I went to, and so many of us went to and so many of my brothers went to and people now that I still love and you know, I, have, I still have love for the city, I have love for you. But the positive impact you're bringing to it and the, the culture change that you've done within that program Obviously, you're probably not going to coach there for 40 years, right? Maybe you will. I don't know. Maybe that's what you do. But the imprint that you've put and the way you've made people respect the program, respect where we're from, I want to give you the roses. And also just for being a good human being, everything we've talked about, like if people didn't know you, they have to know just from hearing your story and what we've talked about in the last hour and seven minutes that you're a good person, genuinely. So roses to you, my friend. I appreciate everything you do for the kids. I appreciate everything you do for the city, uh, the town, township that we come from. Um, but just keep doing it and and know that if there's anything, ever anything that I can do to help, you know, if I need to come bust some kid's ass and get my Rob Case on, <laughs> let me know. If I'm free, I'm there. You know what I mean? I, I, I know kids don't really work on their post game anymore, oh, yeah. but I will... I'll put it down, okay? Right. Uh, or hey, we hooping tonight. You can come or, through. Or three on three. What time are you playing? 8.30. I might be out of here by then. All right. Okay. I'll choose your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, you know, a three on three alumni tournament. Um, an alumni tournament where, you know, my team ends up losing because a kid hits at the corner three and the guy that we had that didn't even play ball didn't put a hand in the face and that still stings a little bit. Shout out to Keith Montoya who didn't do that. Oh, but um, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you very much. And again, uh, again, for those, if you haven't listened, but roses for you, bro. I really, really love what you're doing and what you'll continue to do to make everyone proud. So thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Um, all right, we do a rapid fire to end every interview, okay? So these questions, you can give context. You don't have to give context. You can give a one-word answer. Some of them you're going to need to give more, okay? okay? okay. So we always start out with something super easy, oh super easy to get you ready. So you have 24 hours to live. What is your last meal? 24 hours to live, last meal. Um, I'm definitely, you know, I don't know if you, Ruth's Chris, Mm -hmm. I'm a lobster mac guy, bro. Mm -hmm. I want my steak and shrimp with some lobster mac. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be good. <laughs> That's delicious. It's nice. It's a great anniversary spot to have dinner. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm right with you. Okay, perfect. Next one would be your favorite movie. Favorite movie. Ooh, that's tough, man. And if you want to give me a few, like if there's different genres, like if you have a favorite comedy, a favorite drama, whatever, but. I got, okay, so obviously you got to, I got to roll with Friday, mm, right? Mm -hmm. I got to roll with Remember the Titans. <sighs> I yep. got to roll with Training Day. Oh, yeah. I got to roll with Bad Boys. There you go. Those, like, those are my four. I could, I could watch those anytime, yeah. any day, middle, in. Oh, yeah. Just throw it on TV. It's there. Training Day is one of my top three movies ever. It ain't nothing. Um, Mount Rushmore of NBA players. Oh, boy. 
gosh, bro, you can't be doing this to me. People are going to be. I know people get upset. Coming it's, at me. It's fine, though. I'm cool. Yeah. It's cool. You're strong-minded. Okay. Um, I'm going to put LeBron. I got to put LeBron on there. Yeah. Right, facts. Of like, I got to put I got to put MJ on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put. I'll put Magic on there. Okay. He's earned it. Yep. He's earned it. And then I'll put Kareem on there. Mm, I love that. That's what that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And I'm a Kobe guy. Yeah. Okay. So for any of y'all that want to come at me, yeah. That that hurt me, but I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll well, you know the game. Later. I know. Yeah. I, I got in the biggest argument, and it, it still happens. Uh, like it's been three months. I think it's been three months. My boy Chacon, who does this show with me for the NFL stuff, I didn't have Kobe in my top. Um, Five all time, but I had magic and he lost his mind. But anyone that I talk to that knows basketball, they all say, yeah, well, magic. Like you talk about him coming in as a rookie, Kareem getting hurt, then winning the finals. Like Kobe is a, Kobe is so special. Oh yeah. But yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Here's my thing about that. The whole Kobe thing, right? Okay. Is Kobe in my top five? Yes. Yeah. Kobe's in my top five. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, like. Like, I understand, yeah. right? If somebody wanted to rank Tim Duncan ahead of Kobe, mm-hmm. can I be mad at that? Yeah. I really can. Yeah. Because Timmy yeah. D's a killer, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so shut up, Chacon. Um, <laughs> all right, so they make a movie about your life. Who plays you? <laughs> Denzel. There you go. He's the man, bro. Yeah, he is. I was going to say training let's day. You did. Yeah, okay, there you go. Um, Laker fan. This is... This uh this won't be necessarily tough, but it might be a little tough. Your all time Lakers starting five. Man. Magic Kobe Shaq. Obviously. Yeah. Slight. <laughs> I need shooting. Yeah. I don't have any shooting. Yeah. And I need I need a little bit of shooting. Um I'm putting D Fish in there. Mm, okay. okay. He's a winner. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. He's a yeah. winner. No, he Facts. is. Yeah. I'm rocking with D Fish. All right. And then I'll also go with Pow. Mmm. Pow at the four, Shaq at the yep. five. Yep. Okay. That's facts. That's what I I'm, like. That's it. what I'm rocking with. Okay. That's good. I need that's good. D Fish, Magic, Kobe, Pow, Shaq. I like it. Yep. Um, this. And I know, obviously, I know, but They're, I need some spacing on the floor. Yeah. I can't be having two guys. You can't have Kareem and Shaq. It makes no sense. It, it makes zero sense. Yeah. No, not <laughs> so, at the same time. Because I know Powell, I know yeah. he's better than Powell. Yeah. Don't kill me. Not not post-1987. Yes. Okay. Or okay. 19, probably 1990, to yes. be honest with you. Um, so this question came in. Uh, I did a mailbag in the intro of this pod, of this episode. And someone asked me this question, and I loved it, so I want to ask you this question. Okay. So it's you plus four. Street running street ball games, right? You plus four. Okay. Who are you taking? This can be people you've played with. It could be professionals, anything. You plus four. What do you got? Kobe. Kobe for sure. It's a no-brainer. 
He's an animal. He's a yeah, dog. Yeah. He's about winning. Yeah. He's about winning. And he played a lot. He he would go to Rucker. He would go to these. Yeah. Like yeah. He's a hooper. Like yeah. He's a hooper, bro. Yeah. yeah. All right. I need three more guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Jackson. Mm, Pull the socks up. Bobby Jackson. Oh, Bobby Jackson was, he's one of my was favorite Was he an inspiration players. for you to play with high socks? No. No? Oh, yeah. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Okay. okay. He wasn't. Okay. okay. But I, he was, he's definitely one of my top five play, favorite players of all time. Oh, I love Bobby Jackson. I love Bobby Jackson. I'm rolling with Bobby Jackson. Okay. Um, I'm rolling with LeBron. He just does it. He just does it all. Yeah. He just does it all. Yeah. Like, you can't go wrong with that. And then, um... Dang, man. This is tough. KD's a hooper, bro. Ain't no stopping that, man. Yeah. I'm rolling with KD, too. Okay. That's it. Okay. There's so, no way to beating us. KD, LeBron, Kobe, Bobby Jackson, and yourself. <laughs> all right. All right. All Let's right. go. I like it. Let's go. I like it. Um, just so you know, if if my team and your team were to meet, you guys would probably win. But I got guys on my team that'll take some heads off. Who you got? So this is this was my thought. Okay, street ball, right? We're out there playing. Uh, I have you got Ben Wallace. I got Charles Oakley as my center. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a problem, he's taking care of it. <laughs> okay, I put me at the four. We're smaller, but okay. Oaks down there. Okay. Uh, I have um, Skip to my Lou, Ray for Alston as the point guard. We're in street ball. It needs to be there. I got my boy Rob Reynolds because we hurt a lot of people's feelings oh, yeah. for a long time okay. on in, on multiple street ball courts throughout the Valley uh, oh, yeah. growing up. And he'll just hit that corner three. It will, it, he will hit every corner three. That's fact. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Who else could I get? And then in my head, I popped in like, okay, we're all wearing and ones from – we're all wearing the Thai cheese from back in old two. I said, Hot sauce? I, I, no, I said I'm going to go with Vince. Vince made the mm. bought the Tai Chi's to a whole nother level. So he can he, he can catch the lobs from Skip. That's facts. You know what I mean? That's facts. Put back all the shots I'm missing. That's facts. <laughs> yeah. And then, but Oak will take your head off. I like it though. And Rob will fight all anybody. That's <laughs> I like I like <laughs> it though. I like that. Yeah. There we go. Hey, my six man AI. I like Oof, I, 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 I walk with him too. I would love it. Yeah. 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 AI is AI is the one. Um, all right. You are stranded on an island for one year. You get only three albums to listen to. What are they? Watch the Throne. Mm. That's a classic banger right there. Mm-hmm. Drake. Any particular? Um, Take Care. Mm. That's a banger, too. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to hit you with Dr. Dre, The Crown of 2000. I love it. I that's, love all those. That brings me back to my, my that's what like I grew up on. Yeah. My, like my pops. Like oh yeah. I listened to Drain Snoop mm-hmm. like my entire childhood. Yeah. So I'm I'm a West Coast guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it 2001 is. Two thousand one is is <laughs> it's crazy. Is so great. So great. Um the best, or you can give me a handful if you'd like, a couple of guys. Uh players that you either played with or against. Or actually, let's just keep it to against. Players you played against. Players I played against. And I guess you could even, you know, guys you played with because you played against them in practice. Okay. Um, Maybe like three. Three guys that come to mind. Jimmer. Mm. It's a bucket, bro. Yeah. Like when I went to when I went to Missouri and mm-hmm. I was telling my boys, like, oh, like, you play against someone like, yo, Jimmer's going to be a player of the year. Yeah. That was the year he was player of the year. Yeah. He went to Utah and dropped 50. Oh, I remember. 50 piece. 
Um, I remember. I played against. I played against D. Darren Williams. Mm. I played with and against Ronnie Price. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Mills. I played against a lot of jazz guys. Yeah. Um, Evans. Like just I had I had a good opportunity. Damian Lillard. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, back in that program, back at Tville, bro. Yeah. That program was crazy. Yeah. I played. We played against some guys. Yeah. And it was it was like it was fun though. Like I got dropped. By Ronnie Price, <laughs> like I'll never, like I'll never forget. Yeah, but it was, I was like, whatever, hop yeah. right back up. I'm in, Keep you going. dog. I'm here. Yeah, you know what? I had a really good opportunity too. You heard of the TBT tournament? Yep, yep. right. Mm -hmm. Had a real good opportunity to coach mm. all those professional guys, and Ronnie Price was on that on that team. Oh wow, okay. So you know, I was able to pro, I was able to coach professionals, and you know, what's cool about that was this: he respected me. As a, like as a coach, yeah, that's great. Like even though he was the NBA guy yeah. on our on the roster and on the team, mm -hmm. hey coach, what do you need from me? Like if you wow, don't need me to start, cool. I won't start. Yeah, like, what, what's the play? Like what's yeah. the move? Facts. That's great. That's great. A lot of good. A lot of good names right there. A lot of good names. Uh, this is the last one. Last question. This is what get gets people judged almost more than the <laughs> basketball questions. So. I need you to think this thoroughly, okay? Okay. You're putting on your dream concert. Now, this is your dream concert, Trey. You get four acts, dead or alive, so they can be group, sing, you know, uh, solo artists. Who are they, and what is the order? So you have your opener, your middle two, and your headliner. Oh, my gosh, bro. What are we doing? <laughs> All right, here we go. Opener is J. Cole. Mm -hmm. He's opening up. Okay, he's a bad man. Oh, I think he's. I think he's underrated too. He is, which is crazy because he's like the, one of the top to do it now. Yeah, but he is underrated. And it's facts. Yeah, people don't it. understand. Yeah, like, people don't get it. Okay, mm -hmm. and he can hoop too. He can hoop. Yeah, I saw that two K cover. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's tough. It is. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh man, my next two guys. Right. I'm gonna go West Coast. I got M, Snoop, and Dre. Mm. They just, they just, they just gonna do what they do. Okay. They gonna come in. Yeah. They gonna clean it up. Just, it's like the up and smoke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I drop. I used to drop my dad off at that joint all the time. <laughs> 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 all right. Next one. Next one. Next one. Um. Next one. I got. I got Wayne. Okay. Wayne's coming in next. Okay. Facts. And then. <laughs> Jay-Z mm. is the banger yeah. for me. Yeah. Hey, anybody can come. He he could bring he could bring Beyonce. Yeah. I mean he's, his catalog is out of this world. He whoever, but don't Jay-Z's finishing up. Yeah. I went to that Jay-Z Beyonce concert, yeah. uh, that mass tour yeah, yeah. a few years ago. Incredible. Crazy. I didn't go to that. I went to uh, watch the throne in Vegas. Uh. And it that's the best I've ever it's the best. Uh. But yeah, Jay. Uh, I mean, he would be mine too. My and all those player. and all those guys follow him in my top five. Yeah, oh. they all do. I, ain't going I, for I love that. So to recap, Cole opening, you get essentially um, shady aftermath. Yep. With death row, Snoop. So Snoop M Dre, probably Exhibit comes out and does something. Oh, yeah. You know, there's the other guys coming through. Uh, up in smoke tour, essentially, like we said. Uh, then Wayne, and then you have Jay closing it out with you know Jay Z and friends. So I love that. That's facts. I'm there. That's tough. Let me know when it happens and I'll buy a ticket. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> All right, bro. Anything you want to uh, plug or anything you want to say before we head out? Nah, man. Um, one, you know, 
I, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, you know, of course. Of, I'm glad of, we can make it happen. One of the biggest things is I'm an I'm an opportunist, and I know it took a long time to get this schedule. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you being patient with oh, me. Oh no, thank you. You know, but <laughs> you know, I, I love the community um, that I live in, mm-hmm. that I coach, and that I teach in. Um, love being a part of it. You know, I it's a part of me. Yeah, you know, it truly really made me who I am. Um, you know, my wife. She does so much for me, man. Nobody has any idea. You know, I wouldn't be the man I am without her, mm. uh, for sure. You know, my two kids, love them to death. Um, my squad, my boys, my basketball team. You know, we're going to have a big year. Yeah, I'm we excited. Are, you know, and hopefully, you know, we can give Magna and our community something to be proud of yeah. at the end of it. Yeah, so. I think you will. I think you will, bro. All right, well, thank you very much. I'm going to let you get to uh, busting these uh, kids' ass on the court. And, uh, again, appreciate you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening this week. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Trey. Hope you guys are excited for the NFL season to start. Hope you have pre-ordered your hoodie because, again, Wednesday, September 7th, $45 hoodie. Pre-sale pricing. After that, it goes up to $55. City Weekly. We're still trying to get that best local podcast. It's actually the 17th of September when the voting ends, so the link for that will be in the uh, podcast description. Thank you all so much. Uh, Have some exciting news coming up about the 100th episode. I'm going to wait a little bit to release that info. Until then, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're in Utah this fall, make sure you vote out Mike Lee. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Please subscribe, right and review. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out. <coughs>